you did, you will have to open back up to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And we're going to be starting the same, reading the same passage here in a moment. But I preached through the book of Philippians on Wednesday nights here, the last probably month or so, uh, looking at the mind of Christ. But when we, when we got into chapter 3, uh, you, you see the mind that, 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 that Paul had. And you don't need to turn there, but there's a passage that says that all those things that, that he kind of gained, he gave up. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. But he gave up that he might know Christ. We talked about how, how the, mind of, the mind God would have us to have it needs to be a singular mind. That would, was found in chapter 1. That, that our mind is focused upon uh, uh, spiritual things and, and the gospel and on Christ. It's not divided by the love of the world and the love of ourselves. And, uh, because the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Uh, and so we are to have a, a singular mind. And we are also to have a submissive mind. We found that in chapter 2 as we studied that out. If you haven't listened to those messages... Um, go back and listen to them. It's a, it's, an ex, it's a good series, not because of me, because of the truth. Uh, but we're to have a submissive mind, and, and the, the Paul teaches that let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And talked about how he, although he was God, uh, uh, he, uh, and thought not robbery to be equal with God, he, he came to this earth, and he put on, uh, he robed himself with flesh. He became a man, he humbled himself, and died, not just the normal death, but the death of a criminal. He died on the cross for our sins. He, he, was, he submitted to the Father in doing that, and he did it for his love for us. And the truth is, we are to have a submissive mind. Our minds are to be submissive to the Lord. Amen? Our minds are to be submissive to one another. The Bible says, let nothing be done through strife and vainglory, also found in that same chapter, chapter 2. We're to, to, we're to have a submissive mind, we're not to be fighting with one another. We're, and so, uh, so with that submissive mind, and with that, with that mind that's singularly on Christ, we get to chapter 3, and uh, Paul talks about the spiritual mind, and how, how he gave up, and he goes and gives his pedigree, his, his past. Uh, he, he talked about how he was a Hebrew uh, of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day, uh, uh, how he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, as uh, uh, touching the law, he was he was he was uh, blameless, uh, and he gave all the things that he had once counted as important. And he said, "But I gave them all up because now I count them as dung. Why? That I may know Christ." And how important is it that we have a desire and to, to know Christ more and more? He went on to say in that same chapter that I, that I might know the power of his resurrection and the, 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 the fellowship of his suffering, even being made conformable unto his death, that I might be able to die to, 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 die to self daily. He had a, a desire to give up everything to know Jesus. And as we went through that, God put it in my heart. Man, more than anything else, I want to know Christ. And that's what salvation truly is. It isn't just a ticket out of hell. It isn't an entrance pass to get yourself into heaven. It isn't just a wiping away of your past and your sins. Well, all that's part of it, and those are all benefits to it. The greatest thing that we can have as children of God is a, is a, a fellowship, a, not just a knowledge of who God is, but I can truly have a relationship with him. Man, and that's what I think many Christians are missing. 
They'll they'll pray a a prayer. They'll they'll make a profession of faith. They'll they'll, they'll do all the traditional things, but they'll miss the most basic thing, the the, the meat and potatoes, the the, the, the building blocks, the the foundation of their Christian life. And that's that, that relationship, that daily walk with God. We will never grow as Christians until we come to a place where we are just glad to sit at his feet and learn from him. So in me, it gave me a hunger to begin to read the book of John again. Because in the book of, in the book of John, uh, remember, John, first John starts out, uh, that which we have touched and handled and seen. And what's he talking about? He was with Christ. We're talking about a firsthand account. Man, I am jealous of the apostles. Because they didn't just get to hear about Jesus. They didn't just see his works. Man, they got to meet with him. And so as I, as I read about the, the beginning of this in, in, in John chapter 1, uh, the beginning of the calling of the apostles, uh, God really struck something in my heart, and, and I hope to be able to share it with you this, this morning. Now if we were to go back and look, uh, we, I know we started in verse 35, but if we look back at verse 29, you see a phrase here. It says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Well, uh, who is John the Baptist? John the Baptist uh, himself, when asked by the Pharisees, who are you? Are you the Messiah? He said, no, I'm, uh, but I'm, uh, I, I'm a man who's, who, who's, uh, who, who's opening the way or preparing the way of, of the Savior. God had told even his father before he was born that he was going to be the one to prepare the way uh, for the Savior. Uh, he was given a specific job. And, and listen, uh, yes, they were cousins. Yes, when they met uh, in utero, uh, when, when Mary came to, uh, to visit her, her, her cousin, uh, Martha, uh, the, the baby leapt within her womb. and Why? Because he was in the presence of the Savior. Even back then, even in, as an unformed or in, in the process of being formed child, the Spirit still knew something. Just goes to prove again that there's still life before birth. Just throw that out there. It's not what the message is about. We don't know or read of John and Jesus spending a lot of time together. In fact, other than the little bit of Jesus' childhood that we do read, we, we don't know much about it. And what God did give us is, is that at 12, he, he got lost in the city. And he didn't get lost. He got busy doing what the father had told him to do. And, and his parents lost him. That's really what happened. And they left. They came back. And uh, they came back and they found him. And, he, and there Jesus was uh, teaching in the synagogue as a 12-year-old boy. And listen, he wasn't doing it in a wrong attitude. He wasn't, he was, they were amazed at the knowledge that that little boy had. I think of my own kids, uh, they're, they're 9 and, and 10, and I think, man, how amazing would it be for them to sit down with pastors and those pastors be amazed at their Bible knowledge and the, the, their understanding. Well, how did he have that? Because he was Jesus, amen. Because he was God. We, not, we need to understand who Jesus was. He wasn't just, uh, he wasn't just a, 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 a teacher. He wasn't just a prophet. In fact, John tells us, and it is very clear in this, that he was God in the flesh. John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That word goes on to later be explained. That word became flesh. It was Jesus Christ. He dwelt among men. And the Bible says in verse, I believe it's verse 11, that uh, he came into his own and his own rejected him. 
I love the next verse, and you all probably know it by heart. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them uh, who, are, uh, who believe on his name. It's, it's a, the belief in who Jesus is. It's our faith in Christ that saves us. There's no other name under heaven, the Bible tells us, whereby we must be saved. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I want you to understand who Jesus was. John the Baptist wasn't the Messiah. He was telling everybody else, this is the Messiah you've been waiting for. In verse 29, when he said, behold the Lamb of God, he did not say, behold God. Now, was Jesus God? Absolutely. There's a reason he used that phrase. Because Jesus Christ came to save the world. He came to die on that cross. The, the, the Jewish people very well knew what it meant to be the Lamb of God. They knew that the, 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 the lamb was sacrificed in, in, in place of Abraham's uh, son. They, they knew that the ram was given in, that, in, in place of that. They knew that there was a, a yearly sacrifice. They knew that there were daily sacrifices uh, uh, for, for sin. And they knew when, when, when John pointed him out, behold the lamb of God, he was making a, a public declaration that this is the Messiah and he will one day die. Now I want you to understand uh, the, the, the importance of this phrase because there were a whole lot of people back in those days who would come up and say, Hey, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one you've been waiting for. And they would get a following, and they would, they would raise up an, an army. And guess what that would happen? They would go against the, uh, they'd go against the Roman army at the time, uh, whoever was in control, and they would lose, and that Messiah would die, and that would be the end of it. You, you, you learn that as, as uh, the, the Pharisees later on talk about Christ. And they say, what are we going to do? And he says, well, let's see what happens, because we know what happened in the past. And if it's of God, nothing will stop it. Guess what? We're 2,000 years later and nothing has stopped it. Why? Because Jesus was God. He was the Lamb of God who came to die for you and for me that we might have eternal life. So he makes this public declaration here in, in verse 29. And, but it, it's a little bit different from what he does again in, in verse 35. And, and something's happened in the, in the meantime. Now, uh, now in uh, the next couple of verses, uh, John is giving a testimony of something he saw. He says, uh, he says in verse, uh, verse 31, And I knew him not, but that he would be made manifest to Israel, wherefore I am come baptized with water. And John bare record, he gave witness of what had happened, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. This isn't, talking, uh, this isn't saying that he, he, at this point in time, baptized Jesus. He's, uh, he's, he's referring to when he did baptize Jesus. Matthew chapter 3, uh, Matthew chapter 4, uh, you find that Jesus is baptized. And what happens when Jesus is baptized? John's declaring what happened when he, when he did it. The heavens opened up. The, the, the Holy Spirit, like a dove, came down and descended upon, the, upon Jesus. And, and a voice from heaven, the voice of God, said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I well please. That's not what's happening right here. He's testifying to those followers of his what did happen when he baptized Jesus. Something happened right after that. Do you remember what it was? The Bible says that the Spirit of God did what? Led him to the wilderness. There was a period of four weeks 
40 days where Jesus was up in the wilderness. And during that time, uh, John is telling others what he had seen and what he had saw. And, and, and four weeks later, Jesus is back amongst the people. He is now, uh, he is, he is, he is now getting ready to start his ministry. At 30 years old, uh, God, the Spirit has led him back down out of the wilderness after he's been ministered to, after he's been tempted. And, and now John is talking to two of his disciples. Now we know who one of them is. The Bible tells us very clearly who it is. And that's Andrew. We'll get to that in a minute. The, the other one, he doesn't name, he doesn't mention. But there's, there's something about the book of John that you, you learn about the writer of this book. He never mentions his own name. When, when he refers to himself as the, uh, the one whom Jesus loved, the one who le- leaned upon his voice, he never actually gives his name. You know why? Because he didn't want to put his own name out there. He wanted the focus to be on Christ. Uh, I believe that the other apostle that was there with Andrew is, is a... a He's not an apostle yet, but he's going to be. I believe that was John. So, so John the Baptist is talking to these two men, and, and here comes Jesus, and he sees him. And instead of making a public declaration for all to hear, he looks to those two disciples and says, Behold, the Lamb of God. It was a personal direction, a directive. He was saying, listen, I want you two to understand this. That is Jesus. That is the Lamb of God. That is the one who will die for the sins of the whole world. Verse 36, and looking upon Jesus, he, he walked. He said, behold, the Lamb of God. Now, what happens next? The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, what seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with them that day, for it was about the tenth hour. Let's go ahead and pray and ask God for God's help. God, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for Jesus. Lord, that he died on the cross for our sin. Lord, the Bible says he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Lord, his whole purpose, Lord, was to, 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 to be our sacrifice so that we wouldn't have to be separated from you. Lord, I'm almost jealous of the apostles. They got to see his face and hear his voice. But God, I pray that as, a, as his word is declared this morning, God, give me the exact words to say. Give me the power in which to say it. Lord, I pray that every person within uh, the sound of my voice that hears this, Lord, may your spirit touch their hearts this morning. Lord, may, may you work in each one of us, Lord, and draw us closer to you. Have your way with us, O oh Lord, that you might be glorified, that Christ might be lifted up, we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I was going to title the message this morning. It'd be, Where is your Simon? Like I said, I, I'm jealous of, the, of, of these apostles. They got to spend time with Jesus. Now, listen, I'm jealous of the time they spent with Jesus. I'm not necessarily jealous of the, the persecution and the beheadings and the burnings and the, you know, those things. I'm jealous of the time they spent with Jesus. But they came to know Christ in a way that you and I won't until we get to heaven. Now, the Bible says that, that we're more blessed because, because, uh, we, or, because we have faith even though we've never seen him. And I, 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 I praise God for, for that truth. But... Man, I still, something in me 
wishes I could have been there. I don't know about you, but I wish I could be there. Now, they, they've been directed by, by, by uh, John the Baptist. Behold the Lamb of God. And as soon as they heard that, I want you to see what happened. There was an interest in, in Christ's person. There was an interest in Christ's person. They, it says they immediately, so they turned, or it says, it says they followed Jesus. Imagine John, he's been dealing with, with, with his followers, and he, these aren't the only two followers that he had. And, and he, he tells them, behold, the, the Lamb of God. And what do they do? They pick up and leave. <laughs> How would you feel if you were John? Well, if you weren't filled with the Spirit of God, trying to point people to Christ, you might be upset that your followers are now following other people. Can I, can I tell you that he was not upset? In fact, uh, uh, he goes on later to say, he must increase, but I must decrease. Uh, uh, his whole purpose was to point people to Jesus Christ. Uh, he's, he's given them this, this personal direction, and, and they, they've shown interest in Christ the person. They, they have a desire and a hunger to know who Jesus was. Yes, they know the, they know the history. They know all the, the things that were said about him, that he would be born a virgin, that he would be born in Bethlehem. All the, uh, the, do you know there are 250 pro- more than 250 prophecies just about Jesus Christ, all fulfilled in, in his life and in his, his birth, his life, and his death. They, they, they knew about him, but they wanted to know him. We talked about this on, on, uh, on uh, Friday night a little bit with the, Brother Donnie was, was, was dealing with the kids. and we, there's, a, there's a difference between knowing about somebody uh, and, and knowing that person. Uh, we, we, we are very... In our social media, this, this age that we live in, we know a lot about a lot of different people. And we might even say we're friends. But you know, you know how many friends I have on Facebook? I, I couldn't even tell you. There's like five or 600 people, friends I have on Facebook. Now, I, I, I don't normally add people that I've never met. But most of those people, I don't really know all that well. I know, might know, well, yeah, I may have known them when I was a kid in school, but I haven't talked to them in... Well, I'm 42 <laughs> in a long time. I was, and I was homeschooled for the last half of my education. The only people I knew from school in, in, from sixth grade on was my sister. <laughs> it was just the two of us. So there are a lot of people that we know things about, but we don't know. Uh, you all know who the president is. You all know who his wife's name is. You, you, you might need, it's easy to find out what his birthday is and, and what color he likes. And Hey, we all know he likes Steve McDonald's. Uh, you, you might know some, some of the things he stands for, but you don't know him. You may not like him either, but you don't know him. None of that really matters. The, the point is, it's, it's one thing to know about somebody. It's another thing to have a desire to have a relationship with that person. The whole reason Jesus Christ came to die on that cross is because we were separated from God because of our sin. And he wanted to reconcile us back to God through the payment, uh, through the, through the payment of his death, his blood shed on that cross for you and me. He wanted to make a way that we could have a relationship with him, not just know about him. So, so here they, they, they know he's, he's been proclaimed to be the Lamb of God. They, 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 they've been directed to, to follow after him. And you see that there's an interest in his life, in, in who he is. Helps if I have the right notes on. There we go. The 
the announcement of the proclamation. They heard who he was, and they had a desire to find out uh, for themselves. They, they began to follow after him. Now, I want you to imagine this. Here's Jesus. He didn't walk up to John, and John say, here, here's two of my disciples. Take him. He tells the disciples who he is, and they start to follow him. Now, on Facebook today, that's normal. You click follow, and that's okay. Have you ever seen the, the video, what, what, what Facebook would be like in real life? I'm following you. <laughs> right? It's kind of creepy when you think of it that way. Well, Jesus didn't know them. Jesus had never spoken to them. Uh, they, they, he'd only been pointing out to them. So he's walking along, and there's these two dudes, and they're fishermen. They're fishermen. Uh, now, let's, let's understand, Jesus is God, and he knew who they were the whole time, and he knew exactly what they were following him for. Uh, but but in, in everybody else's eyes, you see Jesus walk along, and these two big fisher, fishermen guys following behind him, and everybody's kind of wondering, what's going on here? And Jesus stops and says, and he, 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 Jesus stops and says uh, in verse uh, 38, then Jesus turned and saw them following. And saith unto them, what seek ye? What are you looking for? He, he confronts them in this. They're, they're interested in his person. Can I tell you, they, they, they weren't just interested in, in knowing where he slept. They're getting ready to ask uh, where he abides. Listen, uh, it wasn't about where he lived. They wanted to get to know him. What's the easiest way to get to know somebody? Spend time with him. Sit down and talk to him. Get a cup of coffee. Dunkin' Donuts. Don't buy that Starbucks junk. It's no good for you. Uh, they, they, they burn it and they put stuff in it to make it taste better. It's, it's awful. And then they charge you an arm and a leg to stay away from that. Dunkin' Donuts is good. <laughs> You'll serve that in heaven when you get there. <clears throat> you want Starbucks? Well, you have to go to the other place. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. <laughs> this, is not a, this is not a commercial. <laughs> They're not paying us. Uh, goodness. Sit down and, and, and spend some time with somebody and get to know them, uh, talk to them, uh, listen to them, hear them. I mean, uh, not just, not facts and figures, uh, uh, spend time with one another. Man, the first time I saw my wife was in a picture. I met my wife through, now this is going to date me, MySpace. I saw a picture with a list of information and I said, woohoo, she's pretty. And I don't know why she wrote me back, but for some reason, after I said, hey, you look real, or, uh, I don't remember what I said. I said, I like your profile. I like your profile. Maybe we can talk sometime. She wrote me back. Now, folks, I'm not saying that that's any way anybody should ever try to date anybody. It was a shot in the dark, and somehow God said, we'll put them together. <laughs> it, it was God's plan all along. I just kind of fell into it. But, but what I, what I want to, uh, we started writing to each other. Started sending emails back and forth. But even that wasn't enough. Then we, we met at a dog park and went for a walk with our dogs and spent some time talking with one another. My cell phone bill that first month went from 40 or $50 to $500. We spent a whole lot of time getting to know one another. I then bought her a new cell phone and put her on my plan so I didn't have to pay any extra. 
Because back then, when you had, when they were on the same plane, you had to pay, pay for when you talked to each other. I showed them. <laughs> what am I saying? They, they weren't interested just in his label. Yes, there was a, they, they had a desire to know about who he was. They had a desire to see that he would fulfill these ones. But they had a desire for more than that. They, 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 they longed to find out, how is he going to be the Messiah? Who is this Messiah? Is, it, is all this true? I can't imagine, as they followed him, <laughs> What they were talking to each other about? What are we going to say? What are we going to say? I don't know. Let's ask if he likes to go fishing. I don't know. What are you going to do? And just, and they, but they had an awe. It's not, there was something about Jesus that drew them after him. Aren't you glad that there was something in your life that drew you to Jesus? Well, I look back to the time I got saved. When Listen, I grew up in church. I knew all about the gospel. I knew all about who Jesus was. I knew all the, I could lead people to the Lord myself. I, I knew the Romans road by heart. I, I, I understood all those things. But there was something in me that had yet to know Christ. I knew all about him, but I didn't know him. And I can remember the, the day when, when uh, I sat in, in a chair, it was kind of over in, in an auditorium much bigger than this. Uh, it was, it was, a, it was a, a, a Christian camp. Uh, I was kind of sitting over where Rich was, well, the third row back, except for I was all the way in the middle where you have to chip over everybody to get out to, at the end of the service. When you're, uh, so, so the preacher's preaching, and I'll be honest, I don't even know what he preached about. But in my heart, something drew me to Christ. Something showed me that I needed a Savior. And it was at that point that I had a desire to know more than just to know about Him. I had a desire to get to know Him. I can remember when they, when they, they closed up the service and they, they did the altar call. Man, I jumped up faster than I've ever moved in my life. And I started to, to walk out and trip and stumble over everybody. But I didn't care. Why? Because I wanted to know this Jesus. Aren't you glad for the time when somebody pointed you in the direction of Christ? Aren't you glad for the, the, the drawing of the Holy Spirit upon you that caused you to pursue and to follow and to want to know him yourself? John 6.44 says, without the Father drawing us, we can't be saved, that we can't come to the Father. Aren't you glad the Spirit drew you and drew these men? We saw that they were interested in this person. Next, uh, there's an invitation into Christ's presence. Jesus turns and says, what are you seeking for? I want you to notice what they said. They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? Before they even spent a, a, a moment with him, what did they call him? Master. Before I began to do my daily devotions, when I got saved, you know what I did? I called him my master. He was my savior. He was my Lord. I put him in that rightful place, just like they did. They said, Rabbi, being interpreted master, they said, well, where do you dwell? Where, where dwellest thou? And Christ 
invited them to come and see. He says, we're Noel South. I'm grateful that when we have a desire to know God, not only does he see us, but he invites us to come to know him. It's true all throughout scripture. Remember, remember Zacchaeus climbing up in the sycamore tree so that he could see Jesus? Jesus, looking, into, looking up, saw him. If we're seeking him, he sees us. And he invited Zacchaeus into he invited himself over to Zacchaeus' house that day, invited him down from the tree to come to spend time with him. Here he invites them, he says, Come and see. And they, they did. But what they what they did was they it was an incredible sight. Now you say, Well, it was just him and wherever he was abiding, the Bible says that he didn't even have a pillow for his head. He slept on a rock. So so I don't know exactly what it is they saw for whether it was a camp or I I don't know. Maybe a campfire and a place to cook some food. I, I don't know what they saw, but it's not about his abode, not about where he lived. It's about who he was. And what they saw was something that was incredible. They heard his voice. He began to speak to them. And we don't know what he spoke about. We don't know what exactly he told them. But I can tell you that it was enough to convince them that he was the Messiah. The Bible says that after his crucifixion, there were two men walking down the road to Emmaus, right? And they were followers of Christ. And here comes Christ walking alongside of them. And they talk for a little bit. And they're about to go in the house. He says, I'm going to leave. And he says, why don't you come in and abide with us? And they sit down to open the meal. And he prays. And it's, it, their eyes are open. They understand. And they open their eyes when he, says, when he finishes his prayer. They open their eyes and he's gone. And what do they say? Didn't our hearts burn within us? Didn't our hearts burn within us while, while he was here talking to us? When you spend time with Christ, doesn't your heart burn within you? I mean, when you're, when you're, I'm, not, I'm not talking about just, listen, we can sit down and read our Bibles and not really spend time with Christ. We can, we can get on our knees or we can pray in whatever manner of, whichever manner of stance you put yourself in, whether you're on your knees or in a chair, standing up, walking around, driving down the road. You can pray and not really be in the presence of Christ. But there are times when you are in the presence of Christ, when, when you come to him and he, and he, he meets with you. Can I tell you that there's something that burns within you? There's something that is just, is, is just, amazing to be able to, to spend that time when he speaks to you and he ministers to your heart. They were, they were there and they saw where he was, but they knew and they spent time with him. And the Bible says that they abode with him. They even give a specific time. John knew the time it was that they got there. He said the 10th hour. Why is that important? It was so important to John, he noted the time that he first got to spend time with Christ. And there are people that say, I got saved on this, this day, and, and, and then it can be, listen, whether, you, whether or not you remember that day or that time isn't necessarily important. It, it, what's important is that that time happened. But it was notable to John. And why? Because it was the 10th hour uh, the, the, for the Romans. That was, that was like 10 o'clock in the morning. And he goes, I got to spend all day with Jesus. They're invited into the very presence of God. And like I said, I, I'm jealous. I wish it was me. I wish, I wish I could spend, but aren't you glad we can? You may not hear his voice, but inside of you dwells the Holy Spirit of God. 
And that Holy Spirit of God can burn within your heart. The Holy Spirit of God can, can, can comfort you, can give you peace, can give you strength. But it, for, and for John, man, he, I can only imagine how, how happy and giddy he was. But something happened to Andrew. Something happened to Andrew. We haven't talked a whole lot about Andrew. Uh, yeah, we talked. We mentioned John several times, but but Andrew. It says there, here in verse uh, verse forty one, he first findeth his own brother Simon. Now I want you to understand, he didn't go and find Simon and then bring him. Bring him this was after they spent the day with Christ. The very first thing he does is go to Simon. Why do you think he? Uh, what do you think was going through his mind as he sat there and and and? Heard from Christ and 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 uh, bowed with Christ, Christ that day, elated, excited. This is the Messiah. This is the one we've been waiting for. He, hey, he remember they were looking for somebody to to overcome the Romans and 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 free Israel and lead Israel as as king. And, and he was. They were looking for a, a total change in politics and that he would be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. They weren't looking for someone to die, which is why it was important uh, the uh, the way that John the Baptist. Uh, point them to Christ. He's the Lamb of God. He didn't say he's the King of Kings, although he is. Well, in this time, while he's abiding with, with Jesus, he's, this is amazing. This is the Messiah. Can you, can you imagine how exciting this is? Uh, uh, my heart's burning within me. I, I, I don't understand. This is, this is amazing. Something in Andrew said, I've got to tell Simon. This is the Messiah. I can't keep this to myself. I gotta tell somebody about this. And the first person that came to his mind was his brother, the one who we worked day by day beside, the one he grew up with and beat him up when he was little, and, or he beat him up when he was little. Doesn't matter. They, 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 they were excited. He said, I gotta go tell Simon. He says, first of all, he went to Simon. There was something in Andrew that caused him to, to, to have to act. There was an instinct within him that, that, that pushed him to, to, to do something. Even though he wasn't a long-time follower of Jesus Christ, even though he wasn't mature as a Christian, uh, even though uh, he didn't have a great knowledge of who he was, uh, the, the, the little knowledge that he did have grew within him and, and caused him to want to tell somebody else about it. Do you remember when you first got saved and how excited you were? How much you wanted to tell everybody about it? This is the Messiah. He's the one who, who, saved, who, who saved you from your sin. He, every, every bad thing you've ever done, every, every wicked thought you've ever had, every, everything that you wish you could take away and go back and erase, he, he did. He covered it in his own blood. Andrew says, I've got to tell Simon. He, he's got to know, and as soon as, as soon as they were done, as soon as he left, he went to Simon and says, Simon, wake up, I want you to understand this. I found the Messiah. His immediate concern was for his, for his brother. We also see that not only did he have concern for his brother, because the truth is we all have concern for others, don't we? True concern where, and I wish my... So and so, that my, my brother, my sister, my mother, my father, uh, uh, my aunt, uncle, uh, co-worker, uh, the friend, neighbor. Uh, I wish they were. Sa I wish they were saved. I wish they, they they knew Christ like like we did. I wish they had salvation. Because listen, if you have salvation and there's no concern in your heart for somebody else, you don't know Christ very well. Because to know Christ is to love Christ, and to love Christ is to love others, and to love others is to share Christ with them. 
There was a concern in his heart for his brother, but it didn't stop with concern. There was a conviction that caused him to go to his brother's house and, Simon! Simon, I don't care what you're doing. Drop what you're doing. I want, somebody, I want you to meet somebody. There's somebody that you've got to meet. I, I don't care what your, your, your job schedule looks like. Oh, we'll figure it out. But you got to come now. I, I, I know you're married, Simon, and I know she wants, she's expecting you home for dinner. But listen, this is more important. There's conviction in his heart. And not only that, uh, uh, there's a coordination in all this. He made the arrangement to grab his brother and to take his brother to Jesus Christ. There are many times that we have concern for others. But we don't have enough conviction on who he is as a Savior to tell them about Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, if he saved you from your sin, he can save them from theirs. Do you truly believe it? Your faith should affect your behavior. If you truly believe it, listen, there are people that will put bumper stickers on their cars. Honk, if you love Jesus. As a teenager, I used to like to buy those t-shirts that said, uh, that talk about prayer and, and, and Jesus. And uh, I got one, we got one from, I gave it to Elijah, or Jess, I don't remember who I gave it to recently. It was, are you a whosoever? And on the back it was, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those things are great, but they're tricks, right? It's a whole lot easier to wear a t-shirt than to sit down and have a heart-to-heart conversation. Listen, they don't need, they don't need to be persuaded. They need to see that it's real in your life. They need to see the change in you. Can I tell you, lifestyle evangelism is necessary, but it's only part of it. Evangelism isn't just living like a Christian. Evangelism is living like a Christian while preaching about Jesus. If we never open up our mouth, there is not a, there's not enough conviction there. And there's a lot of reasons why we don't do it. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's fear of what others will think. That falls into pride. Sometimes, well, I just I don't have it in me. I don't know that that's necessarily true because if you had cancer and a friend had cancer and you got and somebody gave you the cure you'd certainly give it to them you wouldn't say oh I don't have the I don't have it in me what excuses do we make the word excuse an excuse is only the skin of reason stuff full of lies Peter had the conviction and they had the coordination. When was the last time you picked somebody up and said, listen, I know you need to hear the gospel. I, I understand sometimes we don't necessarily always grasp the, the ability to take somebody. Uh, it took me a while to, to feel comfortable and confident enough in, in my handle of scripture to be able to take somebody through the word of God and be able to answer their questions. Because it's not always as easy as just going from Romans chapter 3.23 to Romans chapter 6.23. Uh, it, it's not that simple. We need to be able to defend the faith. Why we believe what we believe and, 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 and how the Bible proves it. Uh, but but listen, uh, sometimes they'll come up with questions you may not have an answer for. So bring them to someone who does. Or say, let's find that answer together. Say, hey, I got somebody you can talk to. And you begin to make coordination. Uh, you, you make a way, hey, why don't you come to church with me? You come talk to the pastor. Listen, I'm not saying I've got all the answers either, but I know where I can get them. 
Can, can, can I tell you? Hey, when's the last time you went and picked somebody up and said, hey, I, I want to make sure you get to church today? You start, you start calling them on, on, on Friday or Saturday and say, uh, and then you, you, you email them and then you sit outside of their house half, for half an hour honking the horn, waiting until they get there. Uh, when, when's the last time you put that much effort into getting somebody to church? And more importantly, to get them to Jesus. I want you to see the impact this had. This impact of Andrew's performance of what he did. I want you to see what it had on his brother. We're almost done. Verse. Uh, I saw the I saw the question online. We are almost. This is the last. This is the last point. Okay, that's what I meant by that. Even Paul said finally in chapter two of Philippians. So, just putting that out there. <laughs> oh goodness. Verse. 41 says, And he first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted to Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, now this is important, I want you to notice this. I've already touched on this. When you're looking for Jesus, Jesus will look for you. The word beheld uh, is, uh, the Greek word is, the Greek word that it's translated from is only mentioned in this, used in this way one other time. When there are two other times, and it's found in the same chapter, when, when it says John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, he's saying, Fix your eyes upon the Lamb of God. Here it says, Jesus beheld. Same word, he fixed his eyes on Peter. Jesus saw him. He saw him. He, 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 he looked at him and he says this He said, Beheld him. He said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Peter begins to follow Jesus here. I want you to notice a few things of what Jesus said. Jesus knew him. Jesus saw him. They had never met before. Andrew didn't say, hey, I, I, need to bring, I need to bring my brother Simon over here. Uh, uh, he, says, uh, he said, uh, he, just, he brought him in. And Jesus, when he walked through the door, fixed his eyes on him and says, thou art Simon. Aren't you glad Jesus knew you? He knew you where you were. He knew, not only did he know you where you were, he knew where you're from. He says, you're, you're Simon, the son of Jonah. Uh, he says, I know you and I know your daddy. Aren't you glad God knows your past? Uh, uh, there, there's, there's nothing that is hidden uh, in your past to God. He knows every breath you've ever taken. He knows every thought you've ever had, everything you've ever done, good, bad, or indifferent. He knows. And he forgives. He washes and he cleanses. We see here a, a soul that got deliverance. Now, we don't know all of Simon's life history or life past, but we know that Simon became a follower of Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus here says that thou art Simon, and he goes on to say that thou shalt be called Cephas. We know later that he walks on the water. We know later that he, that he, uh, uh, that he preaches to 3,000 at the day of Pentecost. We know later that he writes two books of the Bible. A soul got deliverance. Why? Because somebody brought him to Jesus. There is a need for people. There, there's a need for believers to bring others to Jesus Christ. Can I, can I tell you this? I, I was talking with, uh, uh, with Marge and, and, and I think it was James uh, this morning before service. Uh, Andrew was only mentioned a few times in Scripture. He was an apostle of Jesus Christ. 
Uh, he's mentioned in the lists, uh, but there are th- only three other mentions. Uh, uh, James mentioned, uh, he, he, he was uh, mentioned in the, the, the feeding of the 5,000, that he brought the lad to Jesus. Not only that, but he brings Simon to Jesus. And then when they're the Grecians are looking to find Jesus, they come to, they come to Philip, and Philip goes to Nathaniel and says, Hey, guess what? Andrew brought him to Jesus. All that's ever recorded about Andrew is that he brought people to Christ. That's it. After Acts chapter 1, his name is never mentioned again. You can't find him in any of the books of the New Testament. You don't know what happened to him other than he was an apostle of Christ, and it ended there. But can I tell you that his ministry had more effect than anybody else's? Do you know why? Because he brought Peter. If Peter had never come to Christ, he wouldn't have walked on water. He wouldn't have preached to 3,000. He wouldn't have written First and Second Peter. He wouldn't have been the one to go to the Gentiles. Remember, it was Peter that had the vision from God saying that, that which I've called clean, don't call unclean. Arise and eat. Now, Jesus, God had to tell him three times, but he still did it. And then he went to Cornelius, the first, the, the, the Roman, and, and, and brought, to him, uh, brought to him not just the gospel, but he got saved and, and he received the Holy Spirit, just like the Jews did. All because when Simon met Jesus, something in him drove him to tell somebody else. This isn't... The, the only time. John chapter 4, you see the same thing. The woman at the well, she spends time with Jesus. He sits down in the well, he's, uh, they, they, they talk about the, uh, the living water, and, and he, he reveals to her that he knows her past, just like he did with Simon. And, and he says, he said, uh, he says uh, yes, you're right, you're not, you're not married, and, and you've been married five times, and the guy that you're not with isn't your husband. Right? And he reveals all those things to her, he, she understands he's the Messiah, and she runs into town and she tells everybody, isn't this the Messiah? Isn't this the Christ? How is it that we have so many people that claim the name of Christ that don't share the name of Christ? Especially when we're commanded to. Could it be? Could it be that we don't spend enough time with him? Could it be, in, in, in every instance I find in this, in this type of situation, they spend time with Christ and they're driven to go tell somebody else about him. Think about what Christ has done for you. Think about your salvation, how he's wiped every sin away, every, every, everything. He, he's cleansed you. He, he's, he's given you an inheritance. You have a home in heaven. He, if you have a true relationship with him and you spend time with him on a, daily, on a regular basis, there should be something in you that gives you a heart, a desire to tell others about Jesus Christ. We went to Walmart yesterday. I'll say this and I'm done. We went to Walmart yesterday, and yes, they did kick us out. But they were following their policy, and we, looking back, I should have went in and asked for permission first. That's really what the policy says. 
So they, I say they threw us out. They came out and they asked us to leave, and we left because we weren't going to we weren't going to make them have us arrested. That's that's not uh, it's private property. But we moved. We went to another parking lot, and while we had semi-success at the first parking lot, we handed out eight, I think, seven or eight Bibles and talked to seven or eight people. Um, nobody stopped. Now, we sat there. It was a good fellowship. The Brother uh, Netterville was there, and uh, there was a pastor that he brought with him from, from St. Louis, Missouri, and his son. And so my boys were there talking to his son, and I was talking to the two, the two pastors. We had, a, we had a good time. But not a single person stopped. Now, the, the, what we were doing was we, there was a sign that said free Bibles, and we were just talking to people that came up to us. Because especially with COVID these days, some people just don't want to, they don't want people to approach them because they're afraid somebody might get them sick. Nobody came. Well, halfway through the, the afternoon, Brother Netterville just stopped. This is breaking my heart. And I was having a good conversation with the, with the brother. I was, I was being encouraged. It was good for The whole purpose to be there wasn't a fellowship. The whole purpose was to get the gospel out. How many times do we get so caught up in what we're doing that we forget that our purpose is to get the gospel? I'm not saying you have to go knock on every door. There's a lot of different ways, and there are a lot of people out there that need to hear about Christ. But there are way too many Christians. In fact, back in 2000, 70% of Christians said they would never share the gospel with anybody. The Pew Research did a poll back in 2000. It's worse now. How is it that we as Christians who have a Savior are willing to hold something so precious to us but not tell anybody else about it? I'm not saying drive down the throat. I'm saying in love, preach the gospel. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that your spirit would have your way with us. God, if there's one here today that's never been saved, they've never trusted in Christ, Lord, help them, to, help them today to see Jesus as the Savior. Help them to see the need of salvation. Draw them to you, Father. Give them a hunger that they might seek him. Lord, I pray that they might be saved. Lord, if there's somebody here today that, you're, that you've spoken to, Father, I know I've been, you spoke to me in this passage. God, I ask you to forgive me for not having the, the compassion and the love for others that I should. God, I pray that you'd help me. Help all of us, Lord, to be the witnesses that you called us to be. Lord, may you have your way with us. Lord, may you be glorified. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.